What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? You are on the sidelines with the sideline guys for a very special MMA edition of the show today. I am joined by the one and only, the only man that I know that finds a way, no matter what, to fucking make the heartstrings tingle while also simultaneously letting down his own hubris. My guy, <laughs> Sean Negron. How's it going, brother? Brother, it's going good. I'm glad to be back. I missed the uh, I missed the MMA world. I missed not having UFC last week, but I am glad to be back here, and I'm glad to uh, pick it up right where we left off and have a good episode in store, man. I'm excited for this one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a lot of things to look forward to, but I think it's only right that we start the show off right by letting the people know where they can find us. So first and foremost, make sure that you're following the brand at OTS Media Co. on all platforms as well as OTS Media on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you got that bell so you never miss an episode because we've got nothing but awesome content coming to you guys from all different angles. So make sure you're you're following and keeping abreast on that. Besides that, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, no, excuse me, on Twitter, TikTok, and wherever else at Negron MMA, and on Instagram at Chris Negron underscore Sean. Where can the people find your work? Well, brother, I can't wait to see that TikTok of yours blow up, man. I, I'm, I've been waiting for the day. I'm looking forward to that. But you can find me at SeanNegron26 on Twitter uh, and BSReports.org. That is my website. Um, you can come talk to me anytime sports-related. And if you want to get your career started in sports, writing, podcasting, whatever, shoot me, uh, shoot me a message on there, and I will help you any way I can, and I'll do whatever it takes to push your career forward. I fucking love it. You love to see it. And I am in debt. I am a man in debt. I, uh, over a month now, I've been running my fat mouth and talking my shit about how I'm going to contribute. And I have been the only one BSing on BS reports. So sooner than later, my name will don that beautiful website as well. And we will become business partners again, just constantly re-intertwining these negrongs or just finding a way to, to constantly get in, in each other's uh, business, but you love to see it. Can't wait to make my debut, and I'm sorry you got that the I'm the Khabib Tony Ferguson vibes. You know, it's, <laughs> it's every time it's right there, it's right there. It's, it just gets keep getting pushed. Oh yeah, we're, all right. The third time, the fourth time. Don't worry. When it finally does happen, because it will actually happen this time. I fucking love it. It'll be an awesome article. I can't wait to can't wait to see it. Can't wait to read it. Yes, sir. I can't wait to figure out what's the equivalent of my tripping and tearing my ACL on a on a cord uh, equivalent. But uh, I will keep my sunglasses at bay for the meantime. So with all that, we got a lot of business to get into. And I think the first order of business is being transparent, being honest on this show. Because if there's anything I like doing is being honest. When I'm up, baby. When I'm up, it's been five weeks. Okay, five weeks that I have been losing in the head-to-head -head battle on all fronts. And finally this week, I have eclipsed Sean. It's a tight race. Right now, I'm sitting at 78 wins, 44 losses, one draw and one no contest, while Sean is sitting at 77 wins, 45 losses, 
one draw and one no contest. So you love to see just barely edging you out. Probably next week I'll be down by two, but I will hold my head high for the meantime. And then our dynasty rankings. We're sitting right now. I'm at 27, 13, and one. While you just uh, after an unfortunate week uh, went down big 24, 16, and one. So, Sean, I got to ask you. How does it how does it feel to 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 know how I feel the last the last five weeks and, and be a loser this week, huh? Oh man, it's brutal. Um that was <laughs> tough. It, it it went everything that could have went wrong went wrong. And it was probably the worst week I've had on this show. Uh yeah, I, I paid for it. Um I was trying to continue to build up with the uh with the uh, the picks, and then slowly try to build back in the dynasty. But I took a I took a big dump on both, unfortunately, and now I trail. Now I just have to do it all over again. I spent week after week just trying to slowly build up, get one win, one win better than you each time, and then in one week it all goes to shit. So I got to do it again. That's all it is, you know. You just gotta you get kicked down. You gotta pick yourself back up, and uh, that's what I'm gonna do starting this week. Hey, don't be hard on yourself. It was your personal worst week, but on this show, I once went three and five. So I have officially had a worse week than you, so don't worry. And if anyone has had the best week, it's been you. You had an 11 and two week uh, a couple weeks back, so I'm sure you're going to bounce back quick. Just got to just gotta rub your face in shit a little bit, right? While, I, I, while need, I, still I need that Kutalaba fight to happen, man. I, I had a oh, great feeling man. about him, and I felt like if, if he would have won that, then we would have been tied. and. I could have I could have saved face a little bit and but it didn't end up happening so I'm hoping they uh end up booking that again real quick. I don't know what they decided to do with that yet but mm-hmm. um apparently this is the second time Linz has gotten sick on fight night so I don't know what's going to happen with that moving forward. Obviously health is wealth and uh hope everything is okay with that but if this fight gets rebooked I definitely won't be picking him again. So yeah, it sucks sucks to lose a point in the wind like that, right? Of course. Of course. But you know what? I'm not going to lie to you when I was I was I was watching the post fight press conference with Dana and he did not seem too convinced of the whole I got sick of the night and you know I had to drop out the fight. You know, he gave Kutalaba the his fight uh, purse and he said yeah I don't know you know the, the doctors seemed fine with it but he just decided he wasn't he didn't feel good enough to, to go so hmm. that's what he said so I don't know if Dana's taking it or not but I think uh, you do stuff like that Dana doesn't forget it oh yeah for sure man that's that's worse than showing up uh, sick to your first week of the on the job right uh, yeah I hate to see uh, that and if, if especially if that's the case obviously you never you never know what someone's feeling, right? So kind of hard to be like, hey, the doctor said it was good and you you didn't go. Uh, but yeah, not a good look, especially in a sport like this. Um, but you ever think it's like the jitters? I mean, it could be, right? Um, I mean, it's just so weird because these things are never transparent, right? So we don't really have an exact idea of what's going on. It's not like we have an, a, a, a transcript of what transpired. So who knows, right? Um, but it could be that. It could be a mix of the jitters and other things. But he's fought before in the UFC. So, 
Um, I don't know, maybe the pressure of having to get a win, right? Like this is a must-win scenario, going down a weight class, a lot of different things factored in. So who knows what was the, the pinpoint uh, straw that broke the camel's back, uh, but just a weird situation. Kind of feels, yeah. uh, giving me Ray Borg vibes, right? Like just one bad thing after another, after a while, it's hard to tolerate that in your career. But who knows, right? Ray Borg's getting wins still across across the MMA world. Yes, who knows? Is. Who knows? Hope, hoping that uh, Felipe Linz is able to bounce back off of this. But with all that being said, I think it's only right that we pivot and look forward to UFC Hellscape 3002. Sadiq Youssef <laughs> versus Edson Barbosa. Um, after a week where we we got Grant Dawson and, and Bobby Green in the main event, um, it's clear that the UFC hellscape isn't going anywhere because they, they love putting out cards like this. Um, in my opinion, yes, I think they do. I think this, this is actually um, slightly better of a card just because a little this bit better. There's, there's a little bit more competitive fights, but name value wise, you might even say last week was better. It's, it's a tough week to say the least. Yeah. These are always tough, but. I do with this one. I think I have more to look forward to here. Like name wise, in the last week, I felt like there was a lot of, a lot of fighters that we all knew the name of, but nothing that we were looking at in their careers going. Maybe like three of them out there the whole time that you thought, okay, there's still a possibility that they're title contenders. And mm-hmm. I would say maybe for two to three of them, you thought that way. The other ones, you knew the name. But you knew them as like journeymen, like, oh, we've seen them before. They win two, they lose one, win two, lose two, win another two. Like, we've seen them for a minute. But this one, I kind of like because uh, the main event is obviously important. And you got a lot of people who can turn it around here, especially that Michelle Pereira fight. Like, I'm very curious about that one. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of decent, above, not decent, above average above decent. fights here. That I, I kind of look forward to. They're sneaky, they're sneaky. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yes, sir. I agree, and I think it's only right we start from the bottom and work our way up this time. I love switching right. it up on you, but just so you know, just so we could set the scene, I've got the first pick this week. So interesting oh, times. Gonna try to gauge who, who you're feeling the most. I might, I might surprise you out the gate, but who knows. Uh, let's start with our first fight of the night all the way down at women's 115. We've got Ashley Yoder, 8-8 eight and eight, Ashley Yoder, coming up against Emily Ducati. Um, this, I believe, is Ducati's third fight in the promotion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, after Luke coming up on the on the short end of two different um, fights no this is her fourth sorry she she won against jessica penne and then lost against angela hill and loopy so uh fourth fight in the ufc obviously still in embedded in my mind that ko that she got over danielle taylor to get her into the ufc um as far as this matchup goes i'll start us off here whenever i was considering ashley yoder as a fighter right i tried i promise you i tried very hard (laughs) to find the upside here and if anything, her a lot of the tape that I watched sort of reminded me of how, yes, the top of women's 115 is very good, but the bottom is extremely bad. Like, it's kind of... It, uh, people give a lot of shit to bantamweight. Once you get out of the top 20 of 115, 
it's a barren wasteland too, man. And a lot of the people yeah. that she even lost against still aren't even in the UFC anymore because they've uh, gotten beaten out. So such a weird situation. I don't know who, what information Ashley Yoder has on Dana that she's still in the UFC, if I'm being honest here. Um, <laughs> it, it's a strange situation. But um, as far as skills go, um, I think there's an interesting path to victory for Yoder in that she survives long enough on the feet and makes things a little awkward and then eventually is able to get takedown and top control. Like, I think that's a legitimate path to victory. But at the same time, um, I've really liked what I've seen from Emily Ducati. I think she has snappy power at the end of her punches. And in her last two fights, I thought she looked a little hesitant. I think it's important against someone that theoretically you should be overmatched um, with, right? I, I, I hope she takes the advantage to, to really come out aggressive and look to assert herself here and find herself um, so that she can continue to build off this one. So I'm definitely picking Emily here, um, but won't be the biggest upset if Ashley finds a way to make it done. Uh, yeah, see, this is the thing with me. Like, I'm going with Emily as well. And you know me, man. I've talked about this so many times on, on the show where I'm a big believer in experience. And she's got plenty of experience. But, like, I look more on UFC experience. And I know Ashley Yoder's got plenty of that. But I'm not taking anything away from Emily. You know, she's been in Bellator. She's been in UFC. She's done it. She's got she's got a win under her belt in UFC, and she's lost to Angela Hill and Loopy. Man, those are two top notch brawlers right there, and I they're nothing to mess with, especially Loopy, Mexico. But you know, like I'm a big I'm a big fan of Emily here in this fight. I I never really can. I don't know if there's really anyone out there that's going all in on 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 yoder here uh i want to give her the benefit of doubt even looking at her last couple fights yeah i can't do it man i'm sorry especially you know i don't want to be like the the casual fan here and just say wow she's eight and eight oh my god hell no but i just don't think i think there's levels here and i i think emily is going to be a little slow out the gate, but I think it's going to be more of a one-sided fight. And uh, I don't really know if we'll ever see Ashley Yoder in the Octagon again after this. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of American Top Team, so I think they do everything right over there, and that's where Emily's from. So I'm, I'm going all in on that, and uh, that's my first pick. Yes, sir. I like it. Next up, we've got a very interesting bantamweight matchup between Chris Gutierrez and Alatang Hey Lee, who's sitting at plus 220. The comeback for Gutierrez minus 250. Sean, I'm going to throw to you. How are you feeling about this bantamweight big, matchup? Big, big fan here. Big, big fan because I remember when he beat Frankie Edgar. And uh, I think that was at the Garden, if I remember correctly. Yes, sir. So, oh, man, that was that was huge. And I've been a big fan of him since. You know, he had when he, going into that fight, I think he had like a seven fight win streak or something like that. And I know he lost to Pedro Munoz on his last fight, and I think he's just gonna come right back and uh, have a, a a great fight here. I can't even say the other person's name, and I've seen him. So there's no <laughs> shot. I, there's no shot. But 
I'm a big fan of this guy. I think, you know, he had a little hiccup. Pedro's nothing to sneeze at, even though I'm not a fan of him. Um, I think he's going to have a great fight here. And this is going to be why, honestly, this might be one of my favorite fights of the whole card. I love that you give that shout, man, because I agree. I think this fight is a low-key banger. And I like the the fact that you're going the Chris Gutierrez route because I'm going to surprise some people here. I'm picking Alatang Lee. And, and my main reason here is because, obviously, I'm a fan of Chris Gutierrez and his style. The dude is a impressive kicker. Like, he has some of the fastest kicks in the UFC, regardless of division. The dude clearly hits hard, even though he hasn't been able to get that, like, signature knockout right besides the, the Frankie Edgar one. But it felt like... Um, a lot of things came together to get that final result, right? Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, but the reason why, I, the, the further I do- dove into this specific matchup, I think Alatang Haley has definitely gotten himself in some tough positions just by his willingness to engage and brawl. I think in this one, it's going to take a little bit more of a reserve approach. But I think he actually does a pretty good job at defending leg kicks and moving forward through them. And I'm a big fan of his power and upside in this matchup. I think he can definitely touch Chris Gutierrez and land some shots while also being defensive, uh, defensively minded enough to not put himself out there to be uh, sort of tit for tat, uh, poked at and prodded at range and and get stuck on the outside. Um, Alatang Haley is a fucking tank, man. This dude is willing to take two to give one. And I think over time, that's what's going to make the difference in this fight. So don't don't look at me strange here. I know this might have came out of left field, um, but those 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 men and women in China are really doing something special, in my opinion. <laughs> and I, I think we're going to figure something out here if, if you're Alatang Haley. But probably the most like- unexpected one there, uh, but I love it. I, I think this matchup is awesome, and I think this is going to be a great fight. Uh, the odds, in my opinion, don't speak to how good of a fight it is. I like it. I like it. You know what? You might convince me. I think I think he, he can be great. So like I said, I'm not even trying to say the name. Um, I think he will be great. I just think Chris is on a better path at this moment. If this fight was happening a year from now, I probably would agree with you. But I think Chris was at the peak of his career, kind of got hicked up with the, with the Pedro fight. And I think he needs, I think he's going to really try to pick up where he left off and get himself, you know, right back into the rankings. And I think it starts on Saturday. I love it. Next up, we've got a very awesome, sneaky uh, matchup here at, excuse me, 135 women's bantamweight. We've got Irina Alexeva, the Russian Ronda Rousey. Who's five and one coming up against Ronda, baby. Melissa Dixon making her UFC debut at 32 years old, fighting out of Aries FC. Um, here's my take on this one, right? I'm not feeling big and confident on this one, but I'm going with Melissa Dixon here. I think from the tape, mm. she's a strong grappler. She's good at maintaining top control. And not only that, but this is the most important part, in my opinion, against a known submission hunter like Alexiva, you want to have a fighter out there that not only is looking to get top control but knows how to beat the shit out of you i think that's very important when fighting a submission grappler like that look at last week right nate manis versus um mendonca mendonca shout out to shout out to my portuguese my slight portuguese that i know that's the only reason i know how to pronounce that c um but yeah with all that being said i think melissa's 
ability to land damage from uh, control positions is what's going to be the difference in this one. Obviously, Arena could throw up a, a arm bar and land something crazy. I won't be surprised by that either. I think Melissa has shown an over-recklessness at times to land shots. Uh, but if there's anything I want out of an MMA fighter, especially against a submission grappler, is a little bit of that fuck you. You know what I mean? A little bit of that <laughs> how dare you try to do that to me. For that, I will pound your face into the canvas. And that's the attitude she has, man. So we'll see if uh, the English grappling will hold up, right? Uh, you love to see where, how far English MMA has come back in the day. It was just assumed that everyone out of England just couldn't wrestle. And now uh, we're seeing a new wave, a new generation with people like Leon Edwards at the top showing, hey, uh, we, we put on the fucking singlets over here too, baby. And um, I think <laughs> Dixon should have a dominant victory no matter how it goes. How you feeling, Sean? Ooh, see, this is where I go the opposite. I'm going with Russian Ronda here. Um, I, like I said, I believe in experience here. And I, I liked, I've liked what she did in Bellator. I liked her first fight. Um, having the, what, oh my God, what did she have? The, what's that called? The, the knee bar. I, I was a big fan of that. Um, like sounding like a casual here, but I, I loved her fight, her I love the way she fought in that fight. That's what I was trying to say. But I I, I do like Melissa Dixon. Uh, you know, I, nothing more interesting than seeing a 32-year-old make their, you know, debut. But she hasn't fought in a year. And fighting in a very low-ranked uh, promotion, that kind of scares me a little bit right now. You know, everything is against her right now. And when it comes to, like, the people who make their way to the UFC. So, and Russian Ronda, there's a reason she has that name. I don't mess with anyone that's Russian. <laughs> I, I I like her in this fight, and I think I think, uh, I think think Irina kind of makes a statement here, to be honest with you. I, I do like what you were saying, but I don't know. I just have this gut feeling with this one, and uh, I'm going to go to Irina. I like it, man. I think the, the haircut changed her as a human being. I think uh, it's very rare that you go the opposite way. So I, who knows, man? She she might have unleashed a dog with that one. So I'd, lo <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, another matchup that I'm sure both of us will have our eyes on big time. Next up, a late-minute replacement fight. We've got Terrence McKinney, the, uh, the, li <laughs> the lightweight Donald Cerrone, baby, just hopping on any opportunity you give him. Coming up against Brendan Marodi. I'm going to be very honest with you here. Brendan, I'm not familiar with the game, brother. I'm not familiar with the <laughs> game, brother. Shout out to Shaq. You got to be honest yes. there, right, on the show. Um, I, if I'm all things considered, obviously, I don't like blind picking Terrence McKinney. I think I think that's not a good place to be. Um, but you have to feel like, well, like you said, experience is king here. And I'm yeah. tending to lean towards Terrence McKinney fighting a debuting Brandon Marotti. Sean, am I crazy? Am I am I just talking on my ass here? What's going on? No, no I, I'm with you here. I think um, Terrence is here for a statement. You know, I think ever since losing to oh my god, I always forget his freaking name. Um, Hazim something. I never. Sadi Golf. Thank you. Nazim Sadikov. Ever since he lost that way, like losing by uh, rear naked choke, like he's just been out there, you know, because he doesn't like to fight that fight. He wants to just stand and bang and 
beat you up and you know he doesn't that's just the way he does it and I'm a big fan of him. I know he's got submissions to him, but he gets the submissions after he's already beaten you to a pulp. And I think that's what it, I think losing to Bonfim and then Nazim. Um, I sorry, I forgot the guy Hashtag he beat bars. last time. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mike Breeden. Yeah, I I think obviously with the weight replacement, it's a much easier fight for him. But it's a it's a win for Brendan as well. You know you. Coming from, I, I forgot what promotion he was coming from, but not a big promotion. Then you get a shot in the UFC, last second replacement. This is to add to the resume for Terrence, but it's also a contract for Brendan. So it's a win-win. I think Terrence goes out there and beats him within the first six minutes. Uh, I, it could get into the second round, but I, I do feel this is going to be a first-round finish. And um, another little tally for Brendan, and, I mean for, not Brendan, for Terrence. And to continue to add to that resume, I love it. I love T-Rex. it. T Rex, yes, sir. T does indeed wreck, and I'm liking what I'm seeing out of that camp too. I know Kevin Holland, unfortunately, just came up on You're the right. wrong side of a decision against JDM, but I think they're reeling each other in in a great way. But next up, we got Tainara Lisboa minus three fifty coming up against Ravina Oliveira wow. at plus two ninety. Sean, I'll let you lead the dance, brother. How are you feeling Damn, about I this really appreciate bantamweight that. tilt? <laughs> this is uh, I'm surprised with the odds, to be honest with you. Um I'm I'm pretty surprised because I don't know much about Ty Tainara. Is that what we're saying? Lisboa. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying Lisboa. That's a much easier. Yes, sir. Lisboa, because Lisboa, I've only seen fight once, to be honest with you, in the UFC. I haven't, you know, I've seen her uh, on YouTube and stuff, but I forget what the other promotions were, but she bounced around. I haven't seen her much except for her for her debut. Mm -hmm. And then for, um, for, I don't know, is it Ravena? Is it Ravenna? That's, I, that I all sounds fine to me, brother. Sure. <laughs> We're just going to, you know what? Oliveira. Why, why am I trying? There we go. For Oliveira, um, I, another one where not a lot of experience in my part when it comes to big promotions. And I always, I'm always going to uh, lean experience no matter what. And I don't like 350 as the odds, but I, I am going to still think Tainara wins this fight. And uh, she's got my pick for now. It's going to be – it's not one that I'm going into betting, but mm -hmm. I think – I do think that Tynera, um seeing that I've seen her fight at the highest of promotions here in the UFC, I like my confidence there. I'm going to go with it. For sure. I agree with you. And I think um, in this matchup, from what I've seen out of Ravina, she is – an athlete, a hell of an athlete, all bodied up. Like, I'm sure she is going to become the darling of the MMA world after this fight because uh, she she is a 10 in a lot of circles. Uh, but um, as far as her fighting style, I feel like she is a lot more dynamic, dynamic uh, movements versus, like, technical proficiency. And I think that's where Lisboa really shines. I think she's a surgical grappler out there, man. And, and seeing a, a, a small comparatively um, for the division, a smaller athlete dominate the way she does on the ground um, really says a lot about her strength and profile. So that's why I'm going with Lisboa here too. Uh, but like you said, I think it definitely could be a, a feisty one considering making her debut. And you could argue she's the better athlete of the two. Um, so 
those things don't really jump off the page just based off of the the, the matchup. I think it's going to be hard for Oliveira to get off with a lot of the things she's successful with, especially on the feet, just because of how aggressive Liz Bo is and being on the back foot. She has not looking good, especially when she's being uh, pressured back. Uh, things start to fall apart for her. So um, it's really going to determine whether or not uh, Ravina could could uh, have a good night early on whether or not she's able to push back Lisboa, but uh, I, I agree with you here. So we'll leave it at that. Next up, we've got Darren Elkins, plus 180, coming up against TJ Brown, minus 192 now. I hate, if there's anything I hate, I'm just going to start by saying this, it's picking against Darren Elkins. Um, I just got to say, some of my fondest moments of, as an MMA fan has been from watching the heart and triumphant spirit of one Darren Elkins, the man is a dog. Uh, my original podcast logo before this show was even a thing included uh, that moment where uh, where he just got the finish over Masad Betik. And he is just, once speaking, it, we spoke about it earlier, just that fuck you scream. You just got to let it out sometimes. Um, I'm a big fan of Darren Elkins. Now, with that being said, I have not. Woodley Thompson, too. Holy shit, that was so long ago. Yeah, what was that? 2016, right? Something like that. That's Damn. why I remember. I remember it being a big card. And obviously, I remember everyone remembers it. Well, if you're a big fan, you remember that moment. Dude, but, well, still to this day, in my opinion, the best comeback knockout ever. Just because yeah. that is not who he is at all. And the type of uh, athlete and fighter that Masai Bektik is. Like, the dude is still out here doing the damn thing. So don't forget about that. But the first one? All things being said, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But all things being considered, um, as far as this matchup goes, I'm a fan of TJ Brown and what he's been able to do recently, too. The guy looks surgical. I loved his last performance specifically where he was able to come out, get that – well, his last win, I should say. (laughs) He was able to get a nice arm triangle choke against Eric Silva. I really rate Bill Algeo very highly, so I don't look down on him for that loss. If anything, Bill Algeo is a very hard fighter for him to fight considering his stature, right? Um, TJ Brown is 5'9". Uh, Bill Algeo is about six foot one. If, if we're being honest here, um, he's not going to have those issues against Darren Elkins as far as being the, the small, uh, the smaller fighter. Um, I think there's a world where TJ Brown can get himself overexcited early hurting, uh, Darren Elkins and then end up, uh, in a clinch fest, which could spell very dangerous things for him. I just think he's crafty enough in the grappling phases to not get caught in the grappling, if that makes sense, to not get washed into the cycle of, hey, I need to continue to to do this because I'm having success. And then the next thing you know, Darren Elkins is just putting it on you. So I, I don't think he gets caught up in that scenario, and I think he's able to land strikes from range and potentially even finish Darren Elkins. Um, so I'm going with TJ Brown here, uh, but I would love – there's nothing I would love more than to see Darren Elkins get a dub. Yeah, I. you know what? I'm I'm having a tough one with this one because Elkins has been around a long fucking time, and I, I've always been a fan of Elkins, and I don't want to go against him, but I'm going to. Um, I like – I, I – I just feel for TJ Brown and like almost exactly to what you were saying, the fight against Bill, I felt kind of did him dirty. You know, I just, I felt he had a chance and then while going, watching that fight, I just, I like almost fell for the dude. Like, ah, man, he could not have asked for like a worse 
opponent to go after right here. And you know, I was always a fan of him in the contender series. And then um, out of the contender series, like I remember when he got the contract and getting all emotional. And I don't know why I remember because everyone gets emotional. But like I just remember right out the gate when he had that fight. Um, in, uh, I think it was the Jacksonville car right before COVID. And then having him lose and, oh, I hate seeing stuff like that. I hate seeing guys right out of the Contender Series lose. That always, that, for some reason, that always gets under my skin. And, um, you know, he's had a tough go to start and then he built himself up and he's kind of been 50-50 since. But I, I think to kind of ride his wave, I, I think you could not ask for, if you were going to have an opportunity to, you know, get yourself started in your career. Get yourself back on a winning streak. This would be it. The 39-year-old Darren Elkins, I think, I don't know if you could ask for a more blessed opportunity than a guy who's been in the UFC for 12, 13 years. You know, to you have a pretty big-name fighter right in front of you. You could really establish yourself here. I, I have to go with TJ here. I, I, th I think TJ can do it. Um, I'm not looking at TJ as some up-and-coming guy anymore. But I still do think that he can get the job done. He's a small, smaller guy, but I think Darren should start heading. Not, not such should. I think he's starting to head on his way out. He's thirty nine. He's getting a little older. You know, definitely a little slower. So I do like what Darren's done lately. But I, I'm gonna go with TJ. I like it. I like it. We we both had to make the case, right? We can't just put our yeah. guy down. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a, a tough one to watch, in my opinion. Yeah. Whew. But now we move on to what I think, in my opinion, is one of the my favorite fucking fights on this card, man. We've got Christian Rodriguez, C-Rod, coming up yeah. against Cameron Simon. I'll let you take the lead on this one, brother, because I got a lot to Ooh. say. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. Ooh, so go right, ahead. You know I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it short, because I'm really excited <laughs> to hear what you got to say. Because this fight was supposed to happen. And then uh, it got canceled, and now they're getting to do it again. Um, obviously, everyone knows Christian Rodriguez for having the big win and go uh, against Raul Rosas Jr., where he completely dominated him. I was a big fan of his win, the Anaconda choke against um, Joshua Weems. Uh, no, yes, I think so. Um, yes, sir. I'm a big, big fan of his. Uh, I think a lot of people started to pay attention to him. I think he, he's like almost hated because of the fact he ruined Raul Rosas Jr. from being the overhyped super train that, that he was at that moment in time. And so I, I loved it, man. He absolutely dominated Rosas and obviously he's still a kid, so I get that. But I, I'm, I am very excited for this fight. And I'm not even taking away from, uh, having spoken about Cameron, man. Cameron is scary. I And I've always, always been a humongous fan of him. His big win against Terrence Mitchell, oh man, that 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 spoke a lot for me. So this is this is such a tough fight for me to choose. But oh man, this is tough. But I'm I oh I have to go. I I like Christian. I mm -hmm. like Christian in this fight. Uh, he showed me that he could do it all. Uh, I I I'm a big fan of the way, even in the Rosas fight where. He was hated so much, but at the end of it all, even the announcers were like, I like this guy. He could show. You know, we were all here talking about Rosas Jr., but he told everyone in the crowd tonight, focus on me. And I think this is a humongous opportunity for him. 
in the 100 people that will be there. And he could show everybody that he's still as dangerous as they say. And I'm not taking away from Cameron here. Cameron, undefeated, dude is a killer. And that Terrence Mitchell fight told me so much. But if I had if I had to coin flip it, I'm hoping for Christian here, but I can 100% see Cameron going in there and getting a dominant win. I, I've seen him have the knees and the uh, you know the guillotine, uh, the ground and pound, and the uh, you know the 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 submission. It's like I've seen it all. I've seen the left hooks. It, it's gonna be. This is probably number two, if not number one, fight that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I love it. This this is probably up there for me too. I give it my one B opposed to my 1a and, and the 1a is the main event right so you yeah. can't really you can't really yeah. uh you can't really uh go wrong with this one this is exciting as hell um i love that you went the direction you did because it frees me up right it lets me do what i gotta do but i gotta admit to you the first thing that this might you the, the first thing that this fight makes me feel is old can you believe that both of these guys have been in the ufc already this is their fourth fight when I when I looked at that, I was like, "What the hell?" Like these guys in my mind are like babies, right? They they're just they're just getting they're just arriving. Meanwhile, this is their fourth fight in the promotion for both of them. Um, I fucking love this matchup. I love the way they were matched up too. I think this is a perfect spot for both of these guys. But I'm gonna be very real with you guys. I think this is a hype job. This is a line hype job here. I think the fact that Christian Rodriguez is the favorite here, run to your bookie right now and put whatever you can on Cameron Simon. And here's why. Please, I, I recommend all of you guys to go back to Christian Rodriguez's fight against one Jonathan Pierce. Now, hear me out here. Jonathan Pierce is a dog. Let's let's start there, right? Jonathan Pierce is a problem for this division, and I don't see him taking a step back. If anything, he's probably going to be in the top 15 sooner than later. But what I didn't like in that fight was how he was able to get to take down positions and clinches constantly just by, and let's call it like it is, right? Walking through a lot of jabs and things coming at him and putting him, uh, Christian Rodriguez, that is, up against the fence, working from there. And once he got started on those legs, it was very hard for him to get away. Now, I like Christian Rodriguez's scrambling ability as well as his recent additions of hunting submissions before we get to the grappling phase, right? That's where things are going to be interesting because if Cameron Simon is shooting sloppy, uh, obviously we've seen that he has an arsenal of chokes to to try to com combat that. But from what I saw in that Jonathan Pierce fight, I think Cameron Simon should be able to get this one done on the ground, just constantly rinse and repeat. Now, here's the X factor. Christian Rodriguez, despite being an inch shorter, has about a five-inch reach advantage here. And I think given the way that both of these guys fight, I think that's actually way bigger than giving credit for. Look for Cameron Rodriguez to come out with a more I mean, Cameron Rodriguez. Look at me. Look at me just fusing these guys together, right? Uh, Cameron Simon. Look for Cameron Simon to have a, a more kick-heavy approach in a matchup where, in my opinion, he shouldn't be fearing takedowns. So have a more kick-heavy approach. Don't let him establish his jab. For Christian Rodriguez, if he can establish that jab and keep Cameron Simon on the outside, I think this is going to be a very frustrating fight for Cameron. So once again, I can see this going a lot of different ways. I think both guys have legitimate paths to victory. I just think give me the underdog that has the better athletic ceiling and that has the style that has been shown to give Christian Rodriguez trouble. I'm going with Cameron Simon. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we shall. After everything I said, you went completely against. So someone is going to look like a jackass on, uh, on the recap show. So we'll see. I love it. It's probably going to be me because uh, Christian Rodriguez is going to yeah, land we'll a slick one-two and just put him out. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, a fight where I don't think there's going to be much ascension. I mean, dissension at all. We've got Edgar Chires minus 300 in the rematch coming up against Daniel Lacerda after submitting him in the first. But unfortunately, uh, the ref intervening a little too early, in my opinion, even if he didn't intervene, that fight was over, um, in, in my opinion. But we're here nonetheless. Um, real quick, before we move on, I want to ask you. In scenarios like that, right, we almost had another one this weekend, which shout out to uh, Mark Smith for doing what I think is the right thing with any blood choke. If there's any blood choke involved, you would rather be late than early, in my opinion. If we're talking about limbs here, I think I feel a little different, right? I think limbs, in my opinion, I, I like, like in examples like uh, the Tim Sylvia fight, I wasn't mad at Herb Dean for stopping it because clearly there was damage there. And just because you're not willing to acknowledge it doesn't mean, like, for example, um, when Tony Ferguson broke his arm against Michael Johnson, they didn't stop the fight. Should they have stopped the fight? Probably. Like, from that point, it's not like um, he was able to effectively defend himself on that side, and it was very clear he was dealing with it. Just because he's willing to power through it doesn't mean it didn't happen. So in scenarios like that, Sean, where we have a choke like that, um, that, that, we have this weird scenario where the ref stops it and then we come to find out that it's not. Do you think they should, from that point, just restart the fight? How do you think we should navigate these scenarios moving forward? Because I, I was personally unhappy with the way this one ended. Yeah, I was I was unhappy with it too. And I feel I feel for Edgar here because this is uh this is tough. But I'm glad that the uh I am glad that they are running it back as quickly as they are. So that is exciting for me. I do wish, though, in that moment, I know you can't do it because of TV time and, you know, whatever contracts you have, or whatever. But, like, in that moment, I wish it would be possible to, you know, kind of pick all, like, like, like in wrestling in a way where you kind of pick up where, in that position where you left off. But you can't do that in that certain moment. But, it's tough. It's a tough thing. I'm glad, in a way, that they are fighting, you know, less than a month from when they they kind of just pick up the camp and just do another three weeks of camp. But, you know, uh, it's tough. I, I I don't know if they would ever be able to do something like that where they're just like, all right, let's just start the fight over and whatever. But I think it's, um, for this sake, I think this is the best case scenario. And I'm glad that they threw this right back on a card so quickly so this 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 is good i agree i don't expect a different result either (laughs) yeah my hot take is i think in a scenario like that just fucking restart them and if you're me if you're me if you're crazy like me restart them in the guillotine like fuck it like restart them in the guillotine one two three go yeah (laughs) okay ready apply pressure now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Probably gonna be hard to manage. Uh, but who says yeah. no, right? Like none of those guys are gonna say no. 
Um, yeah, for what we saw in the first fight, this should be a easy dub for Chiraz, man. I think the leg kicks are what's going to be the difference as well, especially if we don't end up in grappling scenarios because of how the last one ended, right? Like, I could see a world where Lacerda uh, finds himself on the outside, and g despite his fighting style, um, is just willing to, to keep himself there because he feels a little more safe. But who knows, man? Lacerda is a fucking man-ban, and every one of his fights has been fucking awesome to watch, so I can't complain. Honestly, even if Lacerda loses here and they keep him, I'm not mad. Like, the, the dude's a dog, bro. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I, I still think, though, that this would be, I feel like because of the outcome, this is Edgar Shiraz's uh, fight to lose. And I don't think it's possible. I just don't. And especially, I'm not going to go against him. Mexico all, all, way, all the way. So, uh, I just, yeah. I'm glad that they're doing this so quickly. And that kind of makes me nervous because, you know, like, especially the fighter who should have lost. You go, okay, we got a month to not let that happen again. Yep. And it's like, you know, that kind of gives them the advantage. You, know, you, you lose, but technically you don't. So, they're going to do it again. So, all you're doing is sitting there going... Okay, so now we learn from our mistakes. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. And, uh, you know, obviously, I'm not saying that Edgar Shirez is a one-style fighter. That's the only thing he knows. But it kind of – it definitely helps the opponent, the, the, the loser, so to speak, then helps Edgar. So it's like Edgar now has to go out and do it twice just to get one win. So that's always tough. That's always tough for someone like him. So I, I feel for him, and I, I'm definitely going to be rooting for him because – he deserves a victory, and I hope he gets it. I love it. Next up, we've got a a banger. If 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 anything, this is my well, third, my third most appreciated fight on the card. What, what were we'll you about see. to say, Sean? Well, it depends. Let's see if let's see if Pereira Ooh. makes weight. Ooh, this I, is that this is a big... middleweight. Imagine. No, I don't care. I don't care what it is. I love it. I'm gonna let you take the lead. Go ahead. Just tell me. Tell me how you feel. You know, brother. it's just because that bothers me. I I hate. Listen, I understand making weight is not easy. I'm not stand, sitting here standing like, oh, yeah, this is uh, 100%. You've got to make weight every time. Like, you should, but I understand where it's not easy. Okay? Just getting that out there. But, same token, to lose, uh, to, to not be able to make weight by, what was it, like three and a half pounds when you're supposed to fight Wonder Boy? four pounds whatever it was like that's ridiculous so and that fight was so i was so i remember talking to you about that fight for like a week before we even got on the episode two karate psychos and i know Pereira's is not fully karate but like that was a fight i was waiting for in heaven like i was waiting for that for years and it finally was about to happen and that happened so i like this is tough. And Petrovsky, I, I feel like I have him in Dynasty. If I remember correctly, I think I picked him. But, you know, like, it's tough. I want to be with Petrovsky, but I, I, Pereira's has so much experience here. But at the same time, this is a middleweight fight. And Petrovsky's been in that class. Pereira going up for that class. This is a tough, 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 tough. I don't know. And I'm surprised he's even doing it because of how often Pereira cancels fights. Oh, I just, I used to love Pereira, but Pereira's gotten under my skin. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> this is tough. 
I I'm gonna go with Pereira only because I know Petrovsky's kind of a late second addition here, and uh, I like Petrovsky too because I I I'm almost convinced I have him in, in Dynasty. Um. Oh yeah, you do. You have him. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It. But Trotsky's saying that taking this on what is it like a week's notice, two weeks notice? Yep. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to train against a guy with all this experience. I think he's on a four or five fight win streak as you know as long as he's been not fighting. Um, I don't know, but the weight cut, the weight is a different thing. Being in middleweight now. And I was a big fan, and I, I am a fan, big fan of Petrovsky still. And his last fight was nice. I, I did like his fight against Mearshart, but it was close. Yeah. He looked good, and then he looked completely gassed at the end. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference there between Pereira and Mearshart. It's not much, but Pereira's better. And I I, ugh, I don't want to go against my boy here, but I got to <laughs> go with Pereira here just because this was a full fight camp. I would probably lean more Petrosky here, but it's hard to be at your best when you got a quick fight. You got to jump in quickly, and uh, it's it's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Pereira. Whew. Don't like it. You, you're, you're freaking me out here, man. You're freaking me out here. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like um, it. This is a weird fight. I agree. This is a weird fight. I think this is, in my opinion, Michelle Michelle. Pereira's Charles Oliveira moment. I think this is his moment to to accept that this is his weight class. I think the dude is huge. Like the dude is a absolute fucking monster of a man. If we're being honest here, the dude is huge, and I think he's gonna fill out just fine in middleweight. I think he probably feels like he's small at middleweight. Um, he is not. <laughs> I, I feel like he will feel that way though, and try to. We might even see a Charles Oliveira part two uh, after the fight. He gets a win, and he's like, "Boss, please give me one more shot to go back down to 170." Like I could see that happening too. Um, I just think this is this should be his weight class. I think he'll actually be able to fight for 15 minutes in this weight class, comparatively where at welterweight felt like about four minutes there. You got guaranteed of him just running away because he's not willing to commit. Um, there's one thing between, uh, there's a big difference in my opinion, between cutting the cage and running away. The dude does a lot of running away at 170. I hope that doesn't happen at middleweight. Um, as far as this matchup goes, honestly, even on a full fight camp, I think this is a really hard matchup for Petrovsky, just given the way he fights and especially with how reliant he is on getting the takedown and using that for a sort of moment of clarity. Like he gets the takedown and you could see he's like, okay, we're good. We're good here. Um, I think that's going to be a hard thing to do against Pereira. Who's faster, longer, and has actual good range tools to try to hurt Petrovsky as he's trying to come in. Um, I think this is a real mismatch on the feet, and I think Pereira is really going to tag him up, and it's going to be up to Petrovsky to have the gas tank to not only stay in his face, but also put Pereira in danger. I think Petrovsky is a big hitter, and I think if he can land on Pereira, he might be able to hurt him and knock him out, to be honest. Pereira does not have a good chin. Um and he's a little bit older now at this stage of his career, so I won't be surprised by that either. Um, I just feel like process-wise, Michelle Pereira is a little bit more technical, a little cleaner, 
And despite his also crazy willingness to gas, um, I think he has a little bit more of a reined in game where against someone who's shown to gas like Petrovsky on short notice, he should be able to pick him apart from range and force him to push the pedal, which is where I think he gets his best work done. So give me Michelle Pereira probably by knockout. Um, but honestly, I'm a big fan of Petrovsky and I'm rooting for him here. Um, I just think it's such a hard matchup uh, with all those things considered. Uh, but who knows, man? I think if if he gets them on the ground, we saw in that Tristan Connolly fight, man, once he gets there, they, he, he looks lost, man. And if he can't get inverting on your legs, man, it looks like he really does f- lose the will to fight in those positions. Um, real path to victory for Andre Petrovsky. I think this fight is lined so close for a good reason. Um, but give me Michelle Pereira. Yeah, Next up. I, oh, I, sorry, bro. I feel you there. No, no, I, I feel you there. I just, oh, this is tough, man. It's right. tough. I, I'm, I'm. Now that I have Petrovsky on Dynasty, I'm hoping, but at the same time, I just think Pereira is a big dude, and he's been around a long minute. And the fact he's still younger, mm-hmm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good fight. But I think uh, with short notice, I, I just think Pereira is just gonna be a little more dominant, and definitely could get the knockout, like you said. Great shouts, brother. You love to see it. Next up, we got another fucking banger. Another banger. Basically a pick em fight, which I'm super excited for. Jonathan Martinez, minus 110, our 13th-ranked bantamweight, going up against our 14th-ranked Adrian Yanez, who comes back at minus 105. So, like I said, basically a pick em here between these two. Holy shit, Sean. Buckle in, because I'm, I'm about to take you on a ride here, brother. Um, so let's see what you got. Adrian Yanez is a bros bro. The, the, the absolute salt of the earth, man. Who, who can be mad at a man that loves him some Dr. Pepper? Not me. I'll tell you that. Not me. Cause I love me some Dr. Pepper too. But with all that being said, stylistically, this is a tough fight for both of these guys for very different reasons. I think Adrian Yanez is such a front leg heavy boxer that Jonathan Martinez's leg kicks can really give him a world of trouble here. I also think Adrian Yanez is a much more dynamic athlete, and I think he can definitely shock Jonathan Martinez at range with this one-two. Um, this is a really weird fight to pick, right? Because this is going to be a dogfight no matter what. Um, I think it's going to end up being a war of attrition. Um, I think ultimately we've seen Jonathan Martinez in those dog fights a little bit more, which gives me a little bit of pause here. Uh, but Adrian Yanez is really a, such a dynamic striker, man. I think on the feet, he can really give anyone trouble in this division, but specifically in this matchup, I think it's really going to come down to whether or not Jonathan Martinez approaches this fight the right way. I think if Jonathan Martinez is willing to bang it out with Adrian Yanez, he's going to get knocked out early. I think it's going to be up to Jonathan Martinez to be tricky and frustrate Yanez on the way in and give him a lot of things to think about in range. And then as he gets closer, try to tie up with Yanez, right? Force him in those weird clinch positions where we saw Rob Font have a ton of success, just making him uncomfortable, pulling his head down, making him feel, uh, Like he isn't in full control of what's happening in the fight. I think whenever Adrian Yanez is pushing forward behind that jab, he feels like he can do nothing wrong. I think once that doubt starts to creep in, that's where we have problems. There is not a more battle-tested fighter at 135, in my opinion, than Jonathan Martinez. When is this man going to get his respect? 
after this fight. I'm picking Jonathan Martinez to win, but probably by decision. Uh, but gonna gonna open some people's eyes to really how good he is technically. So give me Jonathan Martinez. If I had to choose, I would say I'd agree with you. I I do think Jonathan Martinez gets the win, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him. I, I'm I'm a I do believe he can get the job done, but. I think he can get the job done, like you said, keeping the distance and abusing the legs, and you know that that um, the win he had against Cub Swanson was nasty, kind of a big statement for me. And I love Cub; he's one of probably one of my top five favorites. One reasons why I love the UFC, um, but his win against Said, man, that was a statement to me. No one beats the Nurmagomedovs, and the way he did it, and I felt it was pretty clean. I I remember going into that decision thinking, yeah, he won that. And I was trying to find every reason that he didn't win that. And <laughs> I, I think if Giannis were to win, it's going to be by knockout, man. That dude's got incredible strength. Um, Just one fight ago, man, he was supposed to be Rob Fon. His, his hype was supposed to be, his stock was supposed to be completely different. I think exactly what you said, and like you nailed it perfectly. I don't think Martinez is talked about enough, and I think this is the fight that gets everyone to kind of flip the script on believing in Yanez, especially going into that that Rob Fun fight. You know that he was like the third fight of that of that card, if I remember correctly, and everyone knew that that was going to end in someone getting knocked the hell out. No one thought it was going to be him, and then it was. And, um. I think he has a statement for himself, and I think he can go out and knock Martinez down in 30 seconds, 100%. But I think Martinez is a lot smarter than that, but and he's not a knockout artist. I just don't see it that way. And uh, he he's going to keep his distance. He's going to play 15 minutes with you, and I think he can win this fight via points, and that's how I see it. I see Martinez winning this one by decision. I like it. I feel like I you were hoping I went with Giannis there, right? You, I, I you was. You had one on me. Yeah, I no, was, I think this is. I was awesome kind of hoping that you go. Yana is gonna knock him out. And I was like, hey, because Yana's, you know, we could be sitting here in, in a week from now, going, man, we both did say that Yana's gonna knock him <laughs> out, but if he just <laughs> and it happened. So it, I, I do feel that if anyone that's picking Yana's, they're gonna say that he's gonna probably knock him out. But if I had to think realistically, technically, I think Martinez is a better fighter right now. I just don't think he's gonna knock him out, but I think he's just gonna beat him up in points beat up the legs, keep the distance, constantly move around in the octagon. And I, I think he could definitely get the job done over over someone so dominant like Giannis. This is this is probably my 1A, like you were saying. This is the fight I'm looking forward to. The main event's awesome, but this is a great, great fight. This is an underrated, underappreciated fight for sure. Yeah, like if I closed my eyes and this was the main event, I wouldn't be mad. Like this this is the I'm I'm give me this 100%. for five rounds. This would be awesome. Yes. Yeah, man, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Both of these guys are really fucking good. And I think no matter what happens here, keep your eyes on both of them as prospects because I think they're going to be doing big things, both of them. So got some interesting choices to make in Dynasty, to say the least. But next up, our co-main event, Jennifer Maya, minus 140, going up against Viviani Araujo, coming back to you at plus 126. Women's flyweight. It's wide open, baby. There's a lot going on at women's flyweight, and I love that this just adds to that. We've got our number seventh ranked Jennifer Maya going up number 10 with Viviani Araujo. Sean, how you feeling about this women's flyweight matchup? 
Oof, this is tough, man. Because I'm not a fan of uh, Arujo at all. I'm telling I, I can never say it right. <laughs> I just give up at this point. Um, but I'm not a fan of Jennifer Maya, man. I just I haven't been. No, I, I did like her win against Casey O'Neill. But I don't know, man. I remember we, we sat there at Buffalo Wild Wings watching that fight. And I remember it was like the first or second fight of the whole thing. She was on the early prelims. And I remember just saying to myself, like, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of Jennifer Maya. Like, every time, like, I start to believe in her and I start to really think. And, like, I just end up I just end up being disappointed. And I don't know. It's just maybe it's just me. But I, I – I'm not a fan of her. And then when she lost to Shevchenko, whatever, it had to be two or three years ago by now, I just I just stopped believing. And like I know she had that winning at Jessica I, but I felt Jessica I was long overdue to not be in the UFC, just stuck around way too long. And then, you know, obviously Chikugian and uh, Fioho is a dominant, dominant fighter, obviously at the top of the food chain right now. But I don't know. Just not a fan of her, but I, I'm gonna go with Jennifer Maya. I just don't like this fight at all. I am not excited <laughs> at all that this is the co-main. I could have been fine with this being like the six or seven fight. I would have been totally all oh, right. Sounds good, but I'm not a fan of Vivian either. I do like experience here. I've seen Jennifer Maya for years, man. Years. How long has she been here? She's got to have been here for at least like <laughs> six, five, six years. So, yeah. And no, she's been like she's been doing the that. damn thing even longer than that. Like it's kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, she fought Roxanne Modafferi. She fought Roxanne Modafferi in Invicta. Like that. <laughs> she's, she's fought the who's who of fighters across along the way. So right. yeah. Uh, it's weird, right? Because if you look at the matchup, you would think that Viviani is the younger fighter, but she's actually older, right? Uh, just based yeah. off of experience, um, I could see why you lean the way you do. I think both of these women are frustrating for me to watch uh, for different yes. reasons. Um, Viviana, I think she really, she really has a hard time cutting off the cage and putting people in position for her striking to do damage. Like she's such a powerful athlete. You can tell she's just super comfortable coming forward. Uh, but at the same time, she leaves a lot to be desired as far as corralling and putting herself in a good position to come forward. Um, in this matchup, I think it's just going to be a nightmare to prevent Jennifer Maya from jabbing her on the outside. And then as soon as she bursts in, just getting a clean, clean takedown. Like, I feel like that's going to happen multiple times. I won't be surprised if Ujo is just a brute and much stronger in those grappling exchanges, at least early on, where it gives Maya some trouble finishing takedowns. Like, I could see that happening and make it in the rounds being pretty close just because whenever Viviani hits you, like, it fucking affects you. Like, it slaps, it snaps your head back. You can tell the power is there. And yeah. honestly, I won't be surprised if she ends up getting a knockout here. It's that kind of matchup. Uh, but I agree with you. I think process is what I feel comfortable betting on. Um, and if I'm going to bet on anyone here, it would be Jennifer Maya. I think you're getting a pretty good price on her, too, at minus 140. If I were you guys, I'd wait until the end of round two. I mean, at the, to the end of round one. Wait it out. Because if anything, Viviani's going to have a good round one and probably end up being the live betting favorite going into round two. And then you could like get that. you could get Jennifer Maya as a dog to, to finish it out for you. But um, 
wouldn't mind seeing either either woman win. Like you said, it's kind of a weird position for both of them. I don't see either of them fighting for a title anytime soon. Uh, but if anyone will, it's Jennifer Maya. So I, it makes sense for both picking her, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we said enough. And usually, once again, we are advocates for MMA in general. So it's not like we're like, well, this fight sucks. Women's MMA sucks. Like, that's not the goal here. No. Uh, but we're just being honest, right? These are two older uh, competitors in a division that's getting younger quick. Um, so in- interesting times to see where they head from here. Next up, our main event. We've got Sadiq Yusuf at minus 160. Does some of the most funny uh, fight breakdown contents on, on the internet. Make sure you check him out. Coming up against Edson Barbosa, who is sitting at plus 145. I got to see what you're thinking here. This is, this is a tough one. A very tough one. A very tough one. And I like that you deferred to me because honestly, I was gonna try to do that to you. I was gonna try to try to flip <laughs> flip it on you, but you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it for the for the damn thing. I really liked what I've seen from Edson Barbosa at 145. I feel like he's reined in his style. Another guy who's huge, in my opinion, um for the, the weight class, but also doesn't seem to have a hard time making it, doesn't seem to lose anything from it, which I think is the most important thing when you're moving weight classes like that. You got to be comfortable enough, right, that you're putting yourself in a good position and you're not just getting uh, chin checked every time you fight. And it doesn't seem like that for him. Obviously, he's had some tough losses at 145 already. It's a tough division, right? Like, the, this is a really oh, yeah. tough division to be successful in no matter what. Um, but I've liked what I've seen from him. I think it's been kind of a rejuvenating thing for his career, right? Where he's been able to uh, be that gatekeeper for so long at lightweight. But now 145, it kind of feels like a lot of the upcoming guys are having a lot of trouble with his style. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this one goes. Given the way all things is, is matched up here, I think it's pretty clear they're trying to get Sadiq Yusuf a win. Um, but there's a lot of X-Factors here, right? Sadiq Yusuf has been a law f- off for a really long time. Last time he fought was against Don Shanus, uh, which, once again, who? Um, but uh, <laughs> exactly. That one took place at the uh, start, if I'm not, no, the end of 2022. Um, we're approaching. Yeah, it's been a whole uh, year. Yeah, it's been a while. And even before then, he was out for multiple um, multiple <clears throat> months and, and sort of had an extended layoff before that. So as far as this matchup goes, I think at the peak of their powers, um, I might even consider picking Barbosa. Um, all things considered, though, I just feel like this is going to be a match where I could see Sadiq Yusuf really just pressuring from the start technically landing good strikes and, and putting Edson Barboza in a spot where he isn't comfortable coming forward. And I think in this matchup, that's going to be the key. Um, but I also, I'm a little worried about Edson's body kicks. I think Sadiq has shown some real um, deficiencies as far as defending the body and long-term attritive damage has shown to have some effect on him. So uh, there's a lot of different angles you could go for this matchup. Uh, me personally, I just been such a fan for of Sadiq Yusuf and his growth as an athlete. I think he's a really dynamic, strong fighter, but also uh, has gotten so much more technical than than he was when he. I remember watching him brawl it out with Mike. Um, why do I always forget his name? <laughs> Mike Davis. There we go. Because he has two first names. Um, yes. That that was an awesome fight, and I think. 
moving forward, shout out to the dog in the background. You love to see it. Um, I think moving forward, um, Sadiq Yusuf is obviously the bigger prospect of the two and just a hoss at this division as well. Um, so give me Sadiq Yusuf to bounce back after some time off. Um, but I don't, I'm a little nervous. It's, it's a close fight for sure. Yeah, see, this is always tough for me because I look at Edson. I see his career as a, you know, a guy who's been in the UFC since for I have to be over ten years now. A guy, if I, what do you think? I would have to say he's probably been here for at least eleven years because he's been around forever. Yeah. So I love, I love. Edson Barbosa. I've, I've always been a big fan of him. Man, his kicks are one of the deadliest I've ever seen. But it's hard because his recent career, I know he's a guy who likes to fight twice a year, but I've seen him at the times where he did hit his peak. When he had beaten Benil Dariush back in 2017, and he was you know, making his way up, and then seeing him lose to the to Khabib, and then Kevin Lee, and then Justin Gaethje, and then Paul Felder, and then Dan Ige. Like, there are times where he is just way off. And this fight against Sadiq should have happened three years ago. I remember this fight was booked back in the COVID years. So, now that it's finally happening, I am I lean more towards Sadiq because I like what he's, you know, what he's done as a player. I wish he would fight more. That's that's something that bothers me. But I think Sadiq is obviously the UFC is trying to get him to win. You know, I, I don't think the UFC really dives in on on fighters who have been here for thirteen or twelve years, whatever it is. You know, I I, I think they want to build up the up and comers, and I think Sadiq is kind of an up and comer now. Like he could really establish himself with a big, you know, household name like. Edson Barbosa. I think everyone in the MMA community knows who Edson Barbosa is. So getting a win like that is definitely does it for me. And I don't know with with Barbosa. Like I've seen him beat Shane Burgos, and that was a hell of a fight. Crazy finish. Love that. But I've seen him also lose to Chikaze, which Chikaze is a big dude for this weight class, and then lose to Bryce Mitchell, which I didn't think at the time was possible. I thought I, I I just thought Barbosa was a way was a killer against someone like Bryce and I knew how scary Bryce was at the time in the submission game, but you know, I I I know I'm a little clouded because of his big uh big knee against Billy Q. I think Sadiq is way better than Billy Q and I think Sadiq gets a very nice win here. But at the same time, I can 100% see Barbosa having his shining moment like he did against Billy Q and just absolutely dominating. And being a completely different fighter, like in the Shane Burgos fight. So, this is tough because it really depends on which Barbosa shows up that night. But to keep it quick, even though I didn't do that, I'm going with Sadiq. <laughs> I like it. How do you feel about the odds? Do you feel like oh, do you feel like the odds are in the right spot? I think it's – I think, yeah, 160 is a little much for – I mean, yeah – I don't know, because I remember when they were supposed to fight three years ago. And the odds then were Barbosa was the heavy favorite. So, I understand why they're doing it now, because Sadiq's had the better career since, in a way. But Sadiq hasn't fought as much. 
you've seen Edson lose twice in a row after winning two and then losing five. Like, it really depends on which Barbosa shows up. So I understand why it's a little close, but I think Sadiq should be a eh, honestly, I think it's kind of right. Maybe a little bit higher, but nothing mm-hmm. crazy. I do like the odds here. I think Barbosa is nothing to sneeze at because at any moment he could be the fighter of old. But at the same time, he could also return and just be a completely washed up version of himself. So I, I do think Sadiq will make him very uncomfortable and I, I, I have him winning. Hey, that's a great shout. I agree with you 100%, and I think it's no better week than for me to have the first pick because it takes away a lot of my thoughts on where I'm going. So with our first pick of our Dynasty Draft League for UFC Hellscape 3002, Chris is going with Sadiq Yusuf, brother. I'll let you take your next two picks whenever you're ready, but I just thought it's such an easy segue, right? It's such an easy uh, turn of events here to go straight into the picks. So I'm going Sadiq Yusuf. Who you got, my brother? I can't hear you if you're speaking. <laughs> I didn't realize I was muted for some random reason. Um, I was thinking, no, this is tough. This is tough because there's a there's a couple good ones and there's a couple good ones of them fighting each other. Mm-hmm. You know what? This is, might be one of those weeks where you just kind of have to take the L with the with the dub. Hmm. I'm gonna go with. Give me. Martinez and Giannis. Woo! God damn, that was not what I expecting at all, bro. Holy hell! Okay, Christian. Rodriguez. I gotta think longevity here. I'm I'm okay with AJ losing Giannis. losing this week in the Hellscape 302. I'm all right with that. I'm looking longevity now because the fact that I do have Petrovsky, I have to consider my future here. God so damn. Be, you just uh, made me so happy. The fact that you went Adrian Yanez over Jonathan Martinez in a fight where we both picked Jonathan Martinez is kind of like blowing up my brain right now. Like, I, I, I don't understand it, but I respect it at the same no, time. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, wait a second here. What did you, what did you put? I said Martinez and Yanez. No, you said Christian Rodriguez and Did Adrian I really? Giannis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll put. I'll oh, put wow. Sorry, I'm yeah, so yeah. No, sorry. that confused I, me. I was saying I'll take the win and the loss, and I must have been thinking about the Rodriguez fight because that's another gotcha. two really good fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you know what? I think I did that because I was thinking Giannis Martinez, and I'm think, and I'm watching. Yes, and I'm looking at Christian Rodriguez right now. I, I am so sorry. You're if, good. If no, you want to give a lot me Christian sense. Rodriguez, I understand. <laughs> no, no, I, I put Jonathan Martinez. You're fine. I won't do that to you. I, uh, your intention is what matters, and you definitely did mention that uh, you, you were going to take the L in that scenario. So I, that's why I was just confused. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you're going Yanez, but you're not going Jonathan Martinez. Uh, but, yeah, glad I clarified that before it was my turn. Yes, thank um, you. I appreciate it. <laughs> next up, I'm going to go with uh, the the, uh, the people that you snubbed, right? 
Um, but I'm going to go in a little bit of a different order just because I'm a little nervous that one of these uh, people won't get back to me. So give me Cameron Simon with my fourth pick and give me Tynira Lisboa with my fifth. I think she's going to be a mainstay in this division. So who you got? You're back up. Two picks, Sean. Who you got? All right. Fucking give me Christian at that point. <laughs> um, yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, to give myself, I, I feel a win help myself in case I have a couple, an L or two. Give me Edgar Shiraz here. Got to go all good old Mexico. Ooh. Try to get myself a nice win because in case Petrovsky too doesn't get a win against Pereira, I could have a tough week, but I mm-hmm. think uh, Edgar could definitely help me this week only, maybe even the next fight. So give me, give me Edgar. I like it. I'm going to take Michelle Pereira. With my last pick. And just like that, our draft is done. So it starts with me going with Sadiq Youssef. Sean on the bounce goes with Jonathan Martinez and Adrian Yanez. I then go with Cameron Simon and Tynira Lisboa. And then Sean goes Christian Rodriguez, Edgar Chires, and I round things off with Michelle Pereira. We now each have 44 fighters on the roster, baby. Uh, we're making Ooh. things happen quickly. Um, I can't wait to actually see um, which one of uh, of us are going to be the the year winner. Because I us. feel like, yeah, literally, I feel like this Dynasty League can go south so fast, like in either direction. Oh, yeah. um, so I can't wait to see how this one plays out. But uh, another exciting week of UFC fights to look forward to, man. I can't wait. Is there anything else you want to let out before we get out of here? Uh, that I'm, I can't wait for Hellscape to be over. Um, I'm hoping <laughs> it's that never going to be over. I don't know, man. I'm hoping in 2024 it's cut down at least 50 percent, and we yeah, could, we could slowly start to move away from it by like 2025, 2026. I know they're always going to have it, but it's, I'm really sick and tired of having it for every, you know, uh, I shouldn't say every, but I know we moved away from it a little bit in 2023, but I'm tired of it. I'm not going to lie. When it happened in COVID, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world to have, you know, uh, a place that still was having sports. It was the only thing around that was having sports and in a controlled environment. It was either there or in Abu Dhabi. It was just, it was just so perfect. It was the little that we had, and we it just made it work. I, there was no one there. It was quiet as hell. But then, you you know, when you get to this point where the world is back, uh, obviously it's not 100%, nor is it a good thing right now. There's a lot of shit going on in this world. It's terrible. But when it comes to MMA and the UFC, I'm glad for what Hellscape has done. I'm just going to keep calling it that because that's what it is. Um, I'm I was I'm very happy. I'm not taking away from it. I'm I am happy with where it has gone and what the UFC has done since. But we're not in that situation anymore. There should be zero reason whatsoever. We didn't do it before COVID, and I don't know why we're going to continue to do it after where we're at the apex. I think the apex has run its course. Obviously, you have cars like these. I don't mind. You know, once every two months, if you really need to, to throw a hellscape five million on there and get in, you know, just get in fighters like these that, you know, can't get on a, a fight night Charlotte, a fight night, you know, Jacksonville card. 
I get that. You got to get everyone to fight. UFC has so many fighters. It's they always everyone needs to fight. But I think I think we should start moving away from the two hundred people that show up. And you know, I, I I'm tired of it. I, I don't even understand why Tom Brady was at the last one. I, I do understand because Dana White said that they were going to see the U two concert. But it's like, why the hell would Tom Brady waste his time? Guys, he'll never understand or know. But <laughs> I think we can move away from that and start building and bringing, you know, these these fights to a Nassau Coliseum or, you know, these little arenas that are still around in the United States. Like, they'll sell out every time. It's the UFC. But it's the crowd that makes the UFC. Like, the UFC is great. But if Conor McGregor was fighting Jose Aldo in front of 100 people, no one would care. It was the hmm. fact that the hype built it up to be what it was. And then, it was obviously, the one-punch knockout. But I still, it hurts my heart to this day that Cormier retired the way he did against Stipe, one, with the eye poke, but two, in front of nobody. Cormier didn't deserve to go out like that. So I don't want to see another career end like that. I don't care if it has, if it's Chris Gutierrez. I don't care if it's John Jones. I don't want to see careers end in front of 100 people. They deserve to get in front of 10,000 people or whatever sells an arena. So the more and the quicker we can move away from that, the better. I'm done. My rant is over. <laughs> I love it. Get me the fuck out of the apex. I fucking hate it, and I couldn't agree with you more. It sucks, bro. Like it really does suck. Imagine if a crowd was there for Joe Piper's win. Like how how turnt that would have been. Bro, um, it sucks, man. It takes away so much from us as fans, but yet they're still willing to do it because I'm sure it lines their pockets up really nice. So, hundred percent. I hate it here, but uh, I promise you, this is not gonna end. This is gonna this is gonna continue for the next five years at least. The fact that this is so easy for them, they have no reason to change it. So I'm confident in that we will be living in the COVID era forever. Um, but that's just how things go. It's funny, right? For someone that's always so quick to say, hey, I don't care. There's no censorship here. Um, there's no there's no COVID here. I'd rather die, right? He's like, I'd rather die than stop putting on fights. Uh, but you, yet, for some reason, you continue with the COVID model, even though COVID fights is long over, right? Even though COVID is long over. Uh, meanwhile, I know very many people that have been diagnosed within the last month with COVID, <laughs> funny enough. Um, yeah. So crazy times, but uh, the Apex is not leaving us, unfortunately. We're going to be at the Apex for many years to come, brother. But I agree. Please take us around the world, anywhere but the Apex, if you ask me. Even if they started doing like local small shows again, like at the Red Rock or something. Yeah. I'd rather that I don't than this. I don't care if it's in front of 500 people. Just give me something. Give yeah. me, give me some fan interaction. Let me ask you though, what, what do you think of you know Dana White said that the flags are back. Um, he doesn't care what flag you wear. He doesn't care if it hurts your feelings. You know, his whole thing was I don't give a shit. And all Mexican Independence Day was you know it was, it was kind of pissed him off that no Mexican could bring out his, their flags, which I get because that did upset me. What do you think that uh, about that that the flags are back? Um, were you upset that they were gone? Did you understand it? Um, how do you feel about it now? Do you think it's it, this is what the UFC was all about, carrying the flag on your shoulders, or you know, do you think it's a big deal or not? Um, I, do I think it's a big deal? No. Do I, I? Am I a fan? Hell yeah. Um, I was really annoyed when they took it away in the first place. Um, 
I think if if the biggest thing you have to complain about after watching a sanctioned fist fight is the flag they were carrying, you're a very weird person. Like, me, like the people that would complain about that probably aren't watching fights in the first place, right? Like, let, let, let's be honest here. Uh, so kind of strange. Um, I remember, um, obviously world tensions wise right things can get a little weird right like especially now with everything going in, on in um israel and palestine right and all the all those crazy uh implications right if someone was to come for example i know um Bilal muhammad comes out with the palestine flag right like that uh, that is a very controversial thing in this day and age right and i can understand why that's controversial uh, but I think all the fighters do have the right to make those decisions. So I agree. I think it was dumb that it was banned in the first place, and I'm glad it's back. Um, but I also don't think it's the biggest thing ever. Like the fact that uh, it's just one more thing for these fighters to differentiate themselves, which I love, right? I think anything that gives them a more specific personality um, is important because that's how you really gain traction and, and a fan base, if you ask me. Uh, but yeah, weird situation. I can't believe it's been made into this big of a deal, uh, but I'm glad the flags are back. I agree with you 100%. If you're focused on what flag they have in their shoulders and not how they beat the shit out of each other, you're focused on the wrong thing. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say people are sensitive or whatever. I don't like to play that game, but mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, I get it. It was a tough world. You know, obviously, it's still the news that have come out this week is tough. It's horrible things going on, but we're focusing on a fighter coming in on the flag that they come from in the country that they want to represent we're we're out here trying to cancel that like come on what are we doing here it's it, it, it was ridiculous and i'm glad that they quickly reversed this um should have never happened in the first place everyone deserves everyone deserves it's kind of like an olympic thing that's the way i look at it mm-hmm. is that when you're fighting on a grand stage on national television and you get to represent you your fight team where you come from and you get to put you know, the country, your country you're from on your shorts, but along with the flag right behind on your shoulders, that is that is huge. That is humongous, especially for the family that you have back home and the people who know you, who know that you represent where, where you're from, that hometown of that country. That's what it's all about. It's not about, you know, if a Russian wants to wear a Russian flag, that he's doing it to disrespect Ukraine. Like, it had nothing to do with yeah. that. And, and that's that's the part where people all automatically assume and rush to judgment. And I'm not I'm not picking I'm not doing that. I'm not going political here. I'm just it's all it's not about the big picture. It's about it's about that person who came from nothing to even get to the UFC and is out there trying to be there for their country. And the quicker we could do it out, outside of Hellscape is it's, <laughs> it's great to me. Doing it in front of fans. And if people have a problem with them, I'd rather hear the fans boo someone of, of that nature, of that country, of wherever they come from, than to have it just be dead silent. Just you can hear their you can hear their sandals uh, you know, <laughs> mixing with the tile and you're just going, Oh, that's crazy. I can hear the echo. That's that's funny. I can I think he left his cell phone in the back because I can hear a ringing. You know, like that's that's what I, I'm looking forward to ending. So hopefully Flags are going to be back, and I'm, uh, you know, be better than ever. And I hope Hellscape can slowly diminish because it's never going to go away. So, 
Hey, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that's a great way to send you guys off. So thank you so much for tuning in. It's always a fucking blast to look forward to these cards and uh, see where we went right and see where we went wrong. So we'll be tuning in with you guys next week to give you those results. But until then, make sure you enjoy the fights, and hopefully none of them fall out until then. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.